Hey, it's Roots Controller here, and I've got some details about our upcoming Reggae at the Fort Festival. It's going to be July 27th, 6 until 10 or 11. It's going to be outside, under the stars, inside of historic Fort Knox. That's located on the river at the foot of the Verona Bridge in Prospect. We are proudly presenting Gorilla Finger Dub Band and... Vaughn Benjamin. He's the voice of Midnight, and it's gonna be a reggae party. We'll have Caribbean food trucks, a beer tent. All proceeds are gonna benefit your community radio station, WERU-FM. We've got a limited amount of tickets, so mark and save the date, darling. It's July 27th. You can get your advance tickets WERU.org. Make sure you get them soon before they're gone. Don't be left outside the gate. Support for WERU comes from our listeners and from Mabel Wadsworth Center, providing comprehensive sexual and reproductive health services to people in northern and eastern Maine since 1984. Insurance, main care, self-pay accepted, and reduced fees for uninsured clients. MabelWadsworth.org. It's 10 o'clock, and it's time for All About Aging with your host, Peg Crookshank. Coming right up. Welcome to All About Aging a new public affairs program on WERU Community Radio. I'm the host, Peg Crookshank. My guests today are Patricia O, who works with AARP, and Susan Lassard, town manager of Bucksport. They will describe a program called Age-Friendly Cities. Today's program will be call-in. Later, I'll let you know the number. First, Patricia will describe age-friendly cities in general, and Sue will focus on Bucksport. First, a few current news items. The Bangor Daily News on the weekend edition had an article titled, The Bias Against the Elderly in Medicine. It was the two doctors' column. And all they say is ageism in medicine is a problem. Calling it out is one way to help change that. When you're your own best advocate, you also help the next patient that comes through the doctor's door. Obviously, we need more detail on bias in medicine. There was an obituary in the New York Times a few days ago about a poet named Marie Ponzo. She wrote a poem about aging, and the speaker says she wrote it in the voice of a woman who acknowledges her age but refuses to lament quote, olds our game, mere failure to be young is not interesting. Olds our game, mere failure to be young is not interesting. That could be a good motto for uh, all about aging. The Death with Dignity Act was recently passed by the legislature and signed into law by Governor Mills. In a future program, I hope to bring on supporters of the act and uh, have them explain what it does and why it's important, possibly even why 
It's controversial. An excellent New York Times series, The New Old Age, by Paula Spann, examined late-life surgery in her June 11 column. The headline, for the elderly, complex surgery often doesn't end well. Older surgical patients fare worse than younger ones because they have complicated set of problems, of health problems, and those complicate uh, surgery. Finally, there was a note in the um, an article in the Washington Post in June by a gerontologist from San Francisco named Louise Aronson. The title, Should People in Their 70s Run for President? Aronson says, why not? This question is extremely ele- relevant now, of course, as voters think about Biden, Trump, Sanders, and Warren. People in their 70s vary greatly in mental and physical health, as I hope to illustrate through this series on aging. Aronson says, age doesn't tell us what we need to know about a person's fitness for office. Now, let's get on to age-friendly cities, and we'll begin with Patricia. Hi, thank you, Peg, for inviting me to join you today. Um, I'm going to talk just a little bit about the ARP network of age-friendly states and communities. It started more than a dozen years ago with the WHO when they did research around the world. They asked folks, what do you need in order to thrive in the community? And they identified eight different areas of community life that are important for folks as they age. Housing, transportation, community support and health services, communication and information, outdoor spaces and buildings, civic participation, social participation, respect and social inclusion. Um, And after the WHO identified those eight domains of livability, they started a program called the WHO Global Network of Age-Friendly Cities and Communities. AARP became a country affiliate in the United States, offering that program throughout the country. And currently in Maine, we have 65 communities that have joined the AARP Network of Age-Friendly States and Communities, making a commitment to include an aging lens as they do community and economic planning for and Bucksport is just a great example of how that works well for everybody in the community of all ages. Does Maine have more age-friendly cities than other states? Yes, we do. As Uh-oh. as always Maine is leading the nation. Leading the nation. <laughs> That's encouraging. Um we have as I mentioned, we have 65 communities, and we have a number that are right here in Hancock County. We have, as I mentioned already, Bucksport, but we have Ellsworth and Sullivan, all of the communities on the Blue Hill Peninsula, Bar Harbor, Deer Isle, Stonington. Uh, Hancock is a hotbed of age-friendly activity. Hancock also, I noticed, has a median age of 48, while the state of Maine itself has a median age of 44. Any thoughts about why... Hancock is so old? Well, you know, we have a lot of coastal properties, and um, people from out of state like to come here and enjoy all the great things that Maine has to offer. So we have retirees that are moving here. That's one thing. The other thing is this is an area where it can be a little bit harder for young people to make a living for themselves. So occasionally they will leave the area, leaving the older folks uh, to age in place in in these communities. That's a good point about uh, retiring on coastal property. That would be a, 
appealing. And don't some people return to Maine after being away for 40 years and <laughs> earning a living somewhere else? And they decide Maine is the place they want to be old. Well, absolutely. Maine is a great Maine is a beautiful state, and for people who grew up here, I think a lot of us are deeply attached to this state. We recognize that this is where we feel happy. We, there was so much access to things that are outdoor recreation, and we have a you know very active art scene. There's really something for everyone, especially if you're healthy and you um, have everything that you need in order to thrive in your community without getting any sort of help along the way. When it can become more challenging in some of our more rural Maine communities uh, is when, because aging can include the, uh, the experience of frailty. So as we need a little bit of help along the way, it can be a little harder. And that's another place where Bucksport is really shining because if you need a little help along the way, one of the great places to decide to age is Bucksport. Could you Go through that list again of the characteristics of age-friendly cities. What are the, what are the uh, standards, the criteria? Well, um, so first of all, a livable community. If you think about a livable, age-friendly community, it's it's safe and secure. It has affordable and appropriate housing and transportation options, and it offers supportive community features and services. So if you have housing, transportation, if you have access to community support and health services, and if you have access to the information you need to find the help or to find the fun stuff in town, like where is the latest line dancing class, yeah, you know, where you have yeah. the information to be involved, then that helps folks to become more engaged in their community, in the civic, economic, and social life of their community. Um, and we know that people want to be included. None of us are so old that we really just want to sit on that ro- in that rocking chair and watch life go by. We are not born to rock, believe it or not. Very so. good. We're not born to rock in rocking chairs anyway. Right. So the livable communities. Now, I wonder if having a library would be part of that. Our libraries uh, throughout... Hancock County, uh, also in Waldo County and all of our counties, libraries have been a very important for, uh, partner for the age-friendly initiative. One of the things that ARP has done when communities join the network is donate a little mini library on various topics that might be of interest to an older population like uh, caregiving or economic planning, the different or respect and social inclusion, you know, the disrupting aging sort of idea, anti-ageism. Yes, very good. Now, what else is on that list? We've got livable communities. Mm-hmm. Um, on which list? The eight domains? The eight domains. Okay. So social participation. Um, that Some of our communities, believe it or not, uh, some of our rural communities have become bedroom communities. Yes. And so as people are aging, they retire. They think, oh, I'm going to find all the fun stuff. I'm going to have opportunities to socialize with other folks in the community, but there is no place. So some of our communities are working hard to either start working with their libraries, finding a time when they can have a social gathering for older folks, or uh, a few of our communities, such as Bodenham and Bangor, are starting either a community center or a senior center. Bucksport is very blessed in that area. You have an active and thriving senior center. So it's important to have those places uh, where people can gather. Uh, Civic participation and employment. 
we all want to be involved in our communities in one way or another, or we should have those opportunities. So if I have a passion for working with young folks, but I don't know what the volunteer opportunities are in my community, then I can't do it. So, um, and then some of us, as we age, don't have a million dollars in the bank, and we still need to work as we age. So having opportunities to work for age-friendly employers who might have the flexibility to use our skills, which is also a benefit to the community because we know that there's a shortage of young people in some of our areas to do these jobs. So it can be a win-win on both sides. That reminds me that uh, Garish's in Winter Harbor can't find a cook. Really? And uh, it's having trouble, obviously, but maybe an older person would be available to do that. Depends, I suppose, on um, the way those, um, those openings are are announced. Uh, Also, I read the other day that only one in four people at 65 have enough money for a comfortable retirement. They may have enough money for a scaled-down retirement. So we do need more age-friendly employers who will see age as an advantage, not uh, a disadvantage. Absolutely. In one of our communities in Kennebunk, they actually had a job fair for older folks that was specifically targeting the older population. And um, seasonal employers were there to present their job opportunities, and older folks were there to browse. That's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Kennebunk had that? Yes, Kennebunk. And I hope other communities will think of the same thing. We're hoping. (laughs) Good. Um, and another area is outdoor spaces and buildings, and this is another area where Bucksport is really shine is really shining, because if I I was walking in one of the towns in Maine this weekend with some relatives from out of town, and they had heard me talk about all the age friendly communities in Maine, and this was not an age friendly community, but there was a gentleman in a wheelchair sitting outside of a bookstore and it's one of those local bookstores it's a fabulous bookstore but there's no there's no accessible way to enter it it's very important you know it's in order to feel included in the community you need to feel welcomed and you don't feel welcomed if you're sitting on the sidewalk waiting for somebody to find the book that you want that's a very good point that's a very good point um, and I already mentioned community support and health services. Yes. In some of our areas in Maine, you have to drive more than 45 minutes to get to very basic physical therapy type services. Yes, yes. Um, so it's important to have transportation options so that if you, for example, have had a hip replacement and you can't drive after that hip replacement, but you do need physical therapy, that there's a way for you to get there without feeling like you're a burden on family and friends. That's a good point. I think one of the problems of aging in rural areas is the lack of transportation. It is. And a number of our communities are starting volunteer transportation networks, really trying to find a way for the community to meet the need. Uh, MDO, Maine Department of Transportation, is trying to move the work forward as far as meeting the rural transportation need, but, you know, that last... In, in rural areas, it's not the last mile to public transportation. It can be the last seven miles to public transportation. That's right. And, you know, that's where there's a great program in Bucksport that I hope that Sue will talk about because it's one of my favorite programs that I'm constantly bragging about. Um, but in many of our communities, they're starting rural transportation programs just so that people can meet their basic needs. And what would the funding be for that? The DOT would fund that? 
in our rural communities, no. DOT no. is not funding any of that work. And what tends to happen is volunteers will donate their time and their vehicle, and in many cases their gas, uh, to provide rides for the neighbors because they really do care about that. And these efforts will um, seek donations or have some basic fundraisers to earn the money, but it's, you know, it's it's pennies this and pennies that. We have also are very blessed in the state of Maine with the Maine Community Foundation, which has been quite a generous funder of a few of our rural uh, volunteer transportation networks. They currently have a program called the Lifelong Community Initiative, and their goal is really to encourage communities to develop as lifelong communities, communities that are great places for people at from toddlers to centenarians. That's good. So there has been some modest funding for these transportation programs. Yes. It's really like the old Social Security question, too. Charity would work to some extent, but public funding like that would be more reliable, more dependable. And um, just the principle of having a, a public way to... Uh, to support older citizens. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with you. It Because the community will be as generous as it possibly can be. Yes, yes. But it takes a lot of energy to be raising those funds constantly. So you are right. It would be nice if there was a public funding stream. I'm not sure that we're anywhere near that happening in Maine, but it, no. if, if this is fantasy land and the golden wand is here and we can have whatever we want, that would be very nice. It's and, good to identify, even yeah. if they're unlikely in the immediate future, right. to identify services that would be ideal and help people who currently aren't being helped. Absolutely. And health is part of that. Yes, getting access to health services. One of our communities um, is in the only county in Maine that does not have any any hospital. Mm. And what they did is they had a health fair. At the health fair, the University of New England sent their dental students to come to the health fair. When the dental students came, they talked to people about the free clinic that they have. They found a way to provide transportation. Some of the folks in that community saw a dentist, you know, a dental student, for the first time in 50 years. Oh. So, you know, really a lot of the communities are working very hard to increase access to health services. UNE is doing such a wonderful job that they are. on a future program I'll have uh, Marilyn Gallucci, the uh, head of education and geriatric research there, to uh, tell all about UNE, but I'm glad to hear now that they were helpful in that county that lacks a hospital. They were. UNE is great. So what's next on this list? I think we've covered the eight domains. Respect and social inclusion yes. is important. Yes. And um, when a community makes that commitment to be age-friendly, it really tells older folks in the community that we still want you to be active and engaged. Um, and it opens up intergenerational opportunities. So in one community, there was a lady who was in her 70s, so still fairly young, and she had been a mover-shaker in that community forever and a day, had uh, saved a historic building that is now houses the library and the town office. Um, and she spoke to me one day and she said, you know, I wasn't going to continue doing the work that I'm doing in the community, but now that you're an age-friendly community, it just tells me that I'm still wanted and needed. 
Um, and she's she's certainly still transforming the community where she lives. So it's very important to do that. Intergenerational opportunities have been very fulfilling. In Old Orchard Beach, they had a wonderful program just a few months ago where they brought I'm hoping I'm getting the grade right. I think it was fifth graders that interviewed older residents of the community. They had pictures that had been taken way back when. They asked the older folks to tell them the stories of the pictures, their story of their lives in the community at a younger age. They videotaped and have put together a series that can be shared with the community. So they're really capturing the history of the community at the same time as they're getting the young folks kind of excited to hear the history and the older folks who are sharing the history also feel honored. Um, a very similar program is happening in Danforth. So it really is all over the state that, that these age-friendly initiatives are finding a way to connect young people to older folk. Well, the example you just gave is, is really wonderful because uh, there will be a lot of ways, there will be a lot of information that the elder will have. And the pictures, of course, would be an ideal way to uh, to get that out. In San Francisco, there was a study that was found, uh, San Francisco State, that uh, grade school children who had lunch once a week with people at the senior center next door had fewer ageist attitudes yes. than other young people. And most important, it seemed to me, they saw older people as growing just as way, just as they, the young kids, were growing. So that's a key, really. If you could see an older person as in process, that could be an outcome of the, uh, of the program that you just mentioned. I was driving yesterday in Ellsworth, and I saw a bumper sticker, I saw a driver's license that said, not old. And I was surprised by that. So I pulled alongside this car to glance at the driver to see how old the driver might be. I couldn't tell exactly. She was certainly 50 plus. So I thought, well, <laughs> she's preparing her age denial routine now with, with this, this license, not old. Amazing. It is, yes. So respect is important. And self-respect, really, when we're old is important. If I see that woman again, I'll perhaps gently quiz her on her uh, attitude toward her own aging. Well, that's a very comprehensive look, Patricia, at age-friendly cities. I know that Sullivan is one, isn't it? Uh, it is. On my drive here to, through Sullivan. Sullivan is um, an age-friendly community, and they have been doing some great work. One of their recent projects is to start a community garden out around the, uh, I think it's around the town office, not around the, it might be around the community center. Actually, it's around the community center. Um, and what's nice about this community garden is it has elevated beds so that older folks can garden right alongside younger folks. And elevated again, elevated beds, that's, that's good. My neighbor had elevated <laughs> beds, and I had never thought before of the need to have them. She was in her 90s, so she definitely, uh, definitely needed them. I'm getting the sense that there's a variety of activities and programs that grow out of age-friendly cities. It's much more comprehensive, I think, than I realized as far as the possibilities for a community to take some positive action on, uh, on aging. Each community is different. So age-friendly Bucksport looks very different than age-friendly Sullivan, which looks very different than age-friendly Bar Harbor or age-friendly Deer Isle Stonington. Even within one county, um, you have 
vast differences in the approach to age-friendly because the whole idea is that the community will identify the community's needs and then build on strengths that are already existing in the community to make the community an even better place to live for people of all ages. I was just thinking that um, Dorcas Library in Prospect Harbor has started a Tuesday morning coffee hour for older people, which would be an example of some social contact and networking that's, um, that has good potential for bringing people together. Right. That's a great example. Well, you've mentioned Bucksport, so <laughs> let's turn to Susan and uh, have some more detail about the programs that are going on there. Well, thank you, and, and thank you for having me this morning. Um, Bucksport, I, I've been in Bucksport as the town manager since August of 2015, but uh, Bucksport historically has been a community that has given considerable thought to the well-being of its population of all ages for many, many years. and. When the opportunity arose um, in 2016 for, for Bucksport to apply to, for the AARP um, age-friendly community, um, it was wholeheartedly supported by the town council um, and by a local group, um, the Bucksport Bay um, Healthy Communities Coalition and their senior resource group, which is um, an extremely active group who um, works on issues of accessibility and transportation and housing and access to medical care. Um, they are very politically active in our community. They attend all of our town council meetings and, and sort of um, in a good way, yeah. hold the community's feet to the fire <laughs> in making sure that um, in all of our planning, um, which is a cornerstone in Bucksport, is the planning for everything, um, that that the age and ability, and, and we've kind of modified our title to as an age and ability friendly community because um, access is so very important and in listening to Patricia described the, uh, the elements of a, of a community, um, Bucksport has a, a senior center that um, is um, supported by the, financially supported by the town. Uh, we pay a part-time uh, senior center director 20 hours a week. Uh, that senior center has uh, meals provided um, three days a week in a partnership with the local school district who prepare the meals. Um, and, and there's no age limit on who can come, but it's at the senior center, so a diverse yeah. cross-section of the community attend. We've rehabil we did a walking tour of our downtown and realized that many of our sidewalks were in poor condition and that for those with age or ability issues was a problem, so we redid all of our downtown sidewalks to um, make them more accessible. The town started a program to assist local business. Like many communities, it's Main Street Bucksport is an, an older, the buildings are older. They were not built at a time when access was considered, but we 
started a program where we assist businesses with a grant of up to $500 to do things to improve accessibility to their businesses, whether it be grab bars or ramps or um, those kind of things. And this senior resource group has just been a champion of that program and has um, involved many of our local businesses in just the little add-ons that make it a bit easier for everyone to utilize um, the businesses. But then the town installed the push-button um, handicapped accessible doors at the town office. We added ramps and railings to our gazebo so that people can um, access that more easily. And right now we're in the planning for a new town dock, um, which um, will have designed into it um, handicapped accessibility from docks to ships, which is just not, um, is not common. No, um, not at all. There's, there's one that we found in Washington State that we're modeling it after in order to, um, it, I guess what truly is hap has happened in Bucksport, and it didn't happen a week ago Thursday, Bucksport has has had this lens for a long time and, and wanting the, co the community to be welcoming and accessible for all. And we even changed our zoning regulations to um, require that accessibility be a consideration for rehab properties, which is not, it's not required by main statute, but um, it's important in our community. And so we have, we have amended our zoning ordinance to do that as well. It's inspiring, uh, Susan, to hear all those details about age-friendly cities. I know as far as healthy communities, Mary Jane Bush was a leader of that, of that group, wasn't she? She, um, the Bucksport Bay Healthy Community Coalition started as a committee of the town many, many, many years ago. And its, its purpose was to do a community health plan. Now we're talking 20 plus years ago. It, a community health plan was a bit of an anomaly. Yes, but, yes. But they had, they involved more than 140 volunteers in developing a community health plan. And it's been updated since that time, but it, it became part of, the, it was adopted as part of the town's comprehensive plan, which um, is another not normal thing, but it, it is um, a reflection of um, the importance that the community in general has for its own health and the health of its residents, that it would, would include that. But the Healthy Community Coalition um, evolved from that town health planning committee and it up until a year ago um, it had had a, a, a three-year thriving in place program which coordinated um, service and accessibility for to help people age in place and it was really uh, but that the funding for that which was uh, through the state um, ended and so the program has ended but we are in the process of reconvening all the partners, and there were many uh, that were participated in that, to see how we can restart 
the Thriving in Place program because what has become clear since it ended is that people are falling through the cracks. They don't know where to call or who yes, to call. Yes. And that having that kind of coordination um, is important for our community. The transportation program that um, Patricia talked about earlier is was started in 2004. Um, and it's a one day a week public transportation through Down East Transportation, and uh, we, they have also added because, not because people outside of the urbanized area, the downtown also needed. We've added a cab. A cab also picks up people in the outer parts of town and brings them to the bus. So, that's just great, Susan. I'm impressed by this, particularly since Bucksport went through the closing of the mill, and it's rebounded. Uh, splendidly as far as I can tell and at the same time you have set an example for the rest of the communities uh, for including elders as part of the community not as some marginalized group we'll take some calls now if listeners want to be part of this conversation the number to call is 469-0500 it's a pleasure to hear positive things about aging because often in our society we hear the negatives, and those negatives are can't be denied. They're there. But I think there's a great benefit in finding out what, uh, what positive things are going on in uh, Maine. And those examples from, uh, from Bucksport, uh, which I wasn't familiar with, were, um, were uh, good, exemplary. I guess we don't yet have any call-ins, so we'll just keep talking about age-friendly cities, and what needs to be added now to these programs, do you think, Patricia? Well, I'd like to ask Sue a question, sure. if that's okay. Yes. Um, because this is a program that's being copied by other cities now, and it's such a simple one. The Golden Shovel Award. Can you talk just a little bit about that? Certainly. Um, the, the senior resource group through the Bucksport Bay Healthy Communities Coalition um, came to the town, and this was the year before I got there, but they were concerned about sidewalk maintenance, and they wanted um, it improved. And so they, the town added um, barrels of salt downtown and did other things so people could have access, but the senior resource group developed uh, a golden shovel award and someone inspects the sidewalks after every one, every storm and and sort of ticks off what businesses are doing best and at the end of every season there's a presentation literally of a golden shovel to the business that has done the best job of keeping their sidewalks clean. That's so important because falling on icy sidewalks and breaking hips is a big problem. Just a reminder, the call-in number for All About Aging with our program today on Age-Friendly Cities, 469-0500. The Golden Shovel Award. It reminds me of the, the Golden Cane Award. <laughs> What's it called? The Golden... Well, the Golden Cane is for the oldest citizen resident. in each yeah. community. Uh, yeah, oldest resident. However, I, I have had people in communities refuse it I know. That I, yeah. because they call it the death cane which is a terrible thing to say but it's because it goes to the oldest 
residents, some people have said, yeah, no, thank you. Well, my neighbor refused it at age 95 or so, made a Benoit in, in Korea, and I don't know if she refused it because she didn't want to think of her death, but I think it was, uh, why did Maida refuse it? Anyway, I'm sorry she did. So the second oldest resident there was, uh, got the, uh, got the golden cane. You know, you asked what communities need to do now in order to become better places for older people to thrive. And really what it is, is it's a matter of communities, peer communities talking to each other and copying ideas. So like the Golden Shovel Award is now being copied by Bangor and Augusta and other communities. So it's just a matter of people getting together and harvesting all the great innovative ideas we have in Maine. We have a caller. David, you're on the air. Oh, thanks. Yeah, how about a Golden Gloves Award for the for the, the kid under, say, 16 who has shoveled the most feet of sidewalk in the town. That's a wonderful idea. Let's get comments from our guests today. I love the show. I, I just wanted to, to call in and uh, voice my support because I uh, am coming to be pretty definitely an elder myself, uh, in at least in age. And I love the uh, quote about how being old is not of what I maybe you can repeat it for me. You started off the shows that it's not a problem. It's a it's it's not a liability. It's a it's something to learn. Yes, Marie Ponceau said that uh, the the speaker in her poem acknowledges age, doesn't lament it. She says, "Quote: Olds are game. Mere failure to be young is not interesting." Exactly, <laughs> and I I love that. I love that and. You know, perhaps even this radio station, sometimes I hear it lamented that uh, we're an aging community on this radio station. And I'd just like to say that as far as I'm concerned, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I, you know, I'm really, you know, ready to embrace that myself. And I wouldn't mind if we had, you know, at least one show such as your excellent show and, you know, on the on the air and, uh, uh, you know, supporting and, and uh embracing uh, aging in, in Maine. Thank you very much, David. Those are positive comments, and I see my guests nodding favorably to your, uh, to your comments. So, I love the idea of the Golden Glove Award for yes, the teen. Yes. A number of our communities are partnering with local schools to see if there are ways that schools can help older residents in the community. Sometimes it's a daily cleanup day to help with yard work. It can be any number of things. Um, in Augusta this year, to help with their sidewalk shoveling, they actually recruited prisoners who were of all ages to help um, shovel people out so that they could leave their homes safely. There are a number of different partners that would work, but I really like the idea of rewarding young people who are making, who are you know, sacrificing their time from video games or for other things um, to go ahead and help their neighborhood. What do you think, yeah, Sue? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, the the um, senior group in Bucksport has many, many partnership connections with the school system and um, has um, has access, I guess is the best word, um, to all ages of students to keep that um, interaction in. What's really important is that um, 
as we age that going out of the workforce shouldn't mean that we're not still vital connected people in our community and but as you said earlier finding how how to create those connections so um, the the connections with the school keeping um, older making older adults welcome as volunteers and participants in our school system is we have it through um, the local land trust does work with um, uh, the students many of the people uh, who volunteer on the land trust are some of our seniors yes it's a it as long as the community looks through the lens of inclusion then nobody gets left out but but that that's a requires active an act of, of considering it as you're as we're doing our planning as we're doing our creating programs or events or all of those things to make sure that without intending to we're we're self-selecting or limiting others because we haven't made provisions for those who for whom access may be more difficult that's a really good point and i like lens of inclusion as a phrase to put a positive emphasis on improving something rather than having to uh, follow some regulation from the outside world that says you have to do this or you have to do that. It's better to come from within, isn't it? I, absolutely. The One of the great things about Bucksport is its community spirit. And you mentioned the loss of the mill. Uh, certainly a, a traumatic and terrible blow to the community, um, which was mourned, but it it was very a very short time later that John Q. Citizen, residents of the community, um, stood up, stepped up to help, find ways to help the community recover, and it's that attitude, that positive looking at life through a lens of positive instead of negative. What do we like about our community? What do we want to keep? We just went through the Heart and Soul program through the Orton Family Foundation, and that was a, a huge help in identifying. It's not what we don't like. It's what we do like. It's what we want our community to be, and you can accomplish so much more when you're looking at, at work and life and, and your community through a positive lens instead of negativity, trying to fix something that's broken. There are challenges or opportunities. And the I know that sounds like a old saw, but it's really true. If we treat these um, challenges um, as opportunities for our community to be better, and, and I think that is, it, I, I didn't start this in Bucksport. I, I'm just the latest one to this picnic, but they they have a history of planning for their future in a positive way. I think you mentioned before we went on the air that the um, thought the mill would close was recognized many years before it happened, and there was resistance to thinking about that because, of course, the mill was such a central employer. But that was a key, wasn't it? That that forethought, the, the fiscal planning, and the investment in the community's infrastructure, the 
the the mill years built many of the things that make Bucksport um, the really beautiful and accessible community that it is today. Its location on the river too is a big doesn't hurt a thing. Is a big plus, <laughs> and that wonderful bridge, that really splendid bridge, uh, in Bucksport, is also a great asset. I would think. Yeah, well, it's it's actually between Prospect and Verona, but we get the view. <laughs> you get the view. That's right. <laughs> One of the uh, exciting projects that involves a young person in. Hancock County is Blue Hill. Blue Hill, working with their land trust, you you reminded me. Yeah. Um, they have an Eagle Scout that is doing some benches for them. Um, so sometimes these Eagle Scout projects can really make a difference for the community. As soon as people know what the possibilities are, then these kids get involved, and don't they design the most amazing things? Uh, really we beautiful. Ha- we just had um, five benches. Um, the senior resource group wanted benches in the downtown area, and so the local, the IRC 25's industrial arts program built the five benches, and um, two students from the school did some art on some of them, and they've now been placed throughout the community, but the idea and the request came from the senior resource group as far as another way to um, make it easier for people who are of any age, actually, That's who right. are mm-hmm. moving through the downtown right. who or might be waiting for the bus on Wednesdays or just might want to take a break. That's a that's a good shopping. point. Benches for for everyone. Uh, what's the word for that? Universal design. <laughs> Universal design. But so. but they're designed. We went through. We had the design of our bench reviewed um, by uh, an architect that specializes in um, accessibility, uh, so that they're the right height. The they have uh, a handrail on the or an arm so that it's to help someone push pick them themselves up or yes. down with um, no but we had the design reviewed by a, a architect who specializes in ability related issues that's good I hope that architect has a lot of business in Maine because there are many <laughs> she is, she's in Maine she, and and she does um, she's been a huge asset to the community Jill Johanning from yes. Alpha One has been a benefit to a number of our age-friendly communities. And this is that's actually another example of, to answer your question about what still needs to be done, right. uh-huh. they need to talk to each other because Bucksport started to say that Alpha One was available to do this kind of work, and then other communities have reached out and gotten the same kind of assessments thanks to Bucksport saying, this is a great resource. It's free. You just call her. She'll come down. She'll tell you how your community center could be better, or she'll work with you. It's been a very positive experience for all of our age-friendly communities that have reached out to Jill. We sent Alpha, her our, our... Alpha One? Can yeah, we go Alpha see what Alpha One is? It's, oh, do you want to? No, go ahead. So Alpha One really specializes increasing in increasing access to needed mostly stuff um, to help people to live safely and comfortably in their community who are living with some kind of disability. And what Jill does specifically is look at the access issue. So, uh, for example, she looked at a historic building that they were changing into a community center, and she did it very 
respectfully, you know, understanding this is a historic building, this community cares about certain aspects of this, how can we work around it in a way that's affordable and in a way that's respectful of the community? So it was, a, she, she isn't, she's just, she's fabulous. The way that she approaches the work with communities is, is extremely helpful. Alpha One has been a positive influence, I think. She has been, as I said, tremendous. We send we sent the language to her to review for our zoning ordinance to make sure that it was consistent with what uh, it should be. And she's reviewed um, any number, like I said, the design of a bench got run by her <laughs> just to make sure that I, I, but that's the lens I'm talking about. Yes. You yes. would think, you know, oh, the school's going to build this benches. That's great. Oh, figure, except that, do you think about whether someone has a hard time sitting up, up or getting down, and how? What should that? What is the required height, and those kind of things? I would welcome that myself, and much more <laughs> having a, assistance for uh, hoisting myself off the off the bench. I'm thinking too of book stacks in Bucksport. I think having a a bookstore. Not every community can have one, but the fact that your bookstore is there and people can. Uh, read about anything they're interested in and it's a it's an asset isn't it it yeah. is and they've also installed the grab bars at the on the sides of the doors to help so that people can they have to go up a step it's it, there's not a way to make it accessible but yeah. the grab bars help in the in those locations um community pharmacy has a a push button outside the door to so people can get Act, help with getting in if necessary. Um, some of our businesses have portable ramps that if someone needs them, they can put out to the sidewalk so that they can access. Um, it's our, The local House of Pizza did, completely redid the front of their building and put in a beautiful ramp um, to access their building. So many businesses in the community have really stepped up in, in major ways to in, improve access. That's very good news. That's very good news about what a community can do to use the lens of inclusion to make life life easier. Anything you want to add about age-friendly communities, Patricia? Uh, well, since we haven't had, the one thing we haven't really talked about, we've talked about transportation, we've talked about access, but we haven't talked about some of the housing programs that are happening right. throughout the state. Um, yes. Unfortunately, we live in, well, fortunately, you're right, it's an opportunity. We have some of the oldest housing stock in the country right here in Maine. And a lot of times older houses, I currently live in an older house and the steps look more like a ladder to go upstairs than they do like steps. <laughs> yeah. And so sometimes if people only have a bathroom on the second floor, there can be all kinds of challenges just to the physical space. So a number of our communities have developed handy brigade type programs that can help with very simple chores like changing a light bulb or switching out storm windows for screen windows, home chores that can become difficult for people. But these volunteer groups don't really have the capacity to do things like installing the grab bar. They do sometimes install yeah. grab bars, but some of the more extensive. And we're very 
fortunate that Maine State Housing Authority has um, piloted the Comfortably Home program in Bath, Maine, and now is spreading it throughout the state. Uh, it's not called Comfortably Home when it's Maine State Housing Authority, but a number of our house, local housing authorities now have grants so that they can help people who are income qualified to get some basic renovations to their home to make them safer and more comfortable which that is a very exciting program it is innovative it isn't like this is happening in every other state in Maine it's it's almost as if now with more communities like Bucksport that are making this commitment our state government is also starting to apply that aging lens in some of the work that they're doing, which is exciting. It is exciting. Is there any federal money uh, coming in for that? Is there, Sue? Not that I know of. No, okay. no. Well, we won't think about federal funding in the, for the foreseeable future. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it is exciting, as you say, that there there are ways that people living in housing that they can't have and afford uh, have had trouble keeping up to... Uh, to standards and storm windows certainly would be an example or or grab bars can be it can be challenging um a num you know another thing that can be a challenge for older folks we when we retire we get a certain income and when we're 90 that income is worth less than Absolutely. when we retired at 60. <laughs> yes. uh, so some folks are struggling with paying property taxes. A number of our communities in the last few years have adopted property tax abatement programs or work off programs mm -hmm. to help local homeowners who are struggling to pay their bills to be able to pay their bills. And those sorts of programs really warm my heart because it just shows you how important it is to the community that they don't lose their older residents. Um, either to a nursing home assisted living or just not being able to afford to live there anymore. That's true. And it reminds me that with longer lives, more people are going to run out of money. Maybe they had no problem paying their property taxes when they were 80, but if they're 90, there may be, they probably can't pay those taxes uh, anymore. We're, uh, 65 to 100 is a big, long space, isn't it? It is, and you know it's, but it's good news, yeah. Because the fact that we now have a lot of centenarians around, that it's not as unusual as it used to be, means that public health—it's a public health success. So now, what we have to do is find new systems to celebrate that longevity and to tap into that longevity. That's that's really true uh, to celebrate longevity. Unfortunately. Washington County, Maine is one of the few places in the country where life expectancy is declining. Right. And that's really unprecedented and uh, quite troubling. The other places are the Deep South and Appalachia, uh, which are not surprising. But uh, it should be studied, I think, to figure out why that longevity is declining in, uh, in, one, of our, in one, of our own, uh, one of our own counties. What we're looking at um, in Bucksport in relation to the housing issue is that we have certain, we have many people who are in their own homes who don't want the care and maintenance of a the type of house that they've had. Yeah. And so we're looking at the development of housing that is more in town, closer to services um, and uh, is a, a condo or rental or smaller property types because that's what we're hearing from our residents yes. that 
is missing. You know, they they it isn't just paying the property tax; it's taking care of a property care, yes. and all those kind of things. But it, they don't want to leave the community, but they want to be able to transition. We have a development going in um, a fifty-five and over development going in um, off Central Street that will have. Um, 40 units, I think, of um, over 55. Indivi it's individual, but all of the maintenance and work and all of that will be, but they're individual properties on yes. this, um, will be, and so it, it will be interesting to see what kind of, um, how, what kind of success they have in filling this because there's, we've been hearing for some time and the town has been working on um, attracting the kind of housing that we're missing, which is this, this, for people who who know one or longer, whether they're younger or older, don't want the care and maintenance of properties. That's a really important point. We've we've just touched on that point really about the need for transition housing and for communities to uh, and developers to make that possible, and perhaps it will become more popular as some of the elders see how pleased they are by having adequate housing in the communities that they've spent most of their lives in. This has been a very lively discussion. It's been a privilege to interview you and chat with you, Patricia and Susan. I've learned a lot about Maine and aging from the two of you, and uh, I appreciate your willingness to uh, to come on. We can have repeat programs, too, in a year or so. Maybe I'll have you have you back and see what's happening, what's improved in, the, in that time, what uh, healthy aging in Maine is... Uh, is uh, doing to uh, make us all more comfortable in uh, Maine. You've been listening to WERU Community Radio, all about aging. Next month in August, our guest will be Marilyn Gallucci from UNE, who will be talking about research and programs and uh, healthy aging in Maine and uh, the other things that UNE is doing to, uh, to promote aging in uh, Maine. Thanks to our engineer, John Goodman, and stay tuned for On the Wing with Will Matheson. And just in case you didn't know, you are listening to WERU FM 89.9 in Blue Hill, 99. Used to be in Bangor, no longer. WERU.org. We are a voice of many voices, and we're listener-supported and volunteer-powered. Let's take a quick look at the weather while we're waiting for the TikTok to go to 11. We've got some mostly cloudy uh, conditions outside. Every now and then the scattered shower comes through. Right now it's going to be numerous showers and scattered thunderstorms this afternoon and this evening. Highs in the upper... 70s, southwest winds 5 to 10 miles an hour. Chance of rain, 70%. Tonight, mostly cloudy with numerous showers and thunderstorms in the evening, then partly cloudy uh, with isolated showers after midnight. Lows around um, 60 with highs, west winds uh, 5 to 10 miles an hour. Becoming north after midnight, chance of rain, 70%. And let's see, we're going to go to Thursday. Sunny highs with the mid-70s. Northeast winds 5 to 10 miles an hour becoming east in the afternoon. Thursday night mostly cloudy, uh, mostly clear in the evening. And then becoming partly cloudy, patchy fog 
Lows in the mid-70s. Southeast winds around 5 miles an hour becoming east after midnight. Friday, partly sunny. Saturday, partly sunny. Sunday, partly sunny. It's going to be nice. More summertime. Hi, this is Charlie from Sunday Morning Coffee House and Front Porch Folk. Did you know there are some important ways you can support WERU and plan for your future at the same time? Legacy gifts help ensure that WERU will continue to be here for many years to come. Anyone can leave a legacy by naming WERU as a beneficiary in their will, living trust, 